from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, in another week where State Parliament was dominated by COVID, Ipswich MP Jennifer Howard joins the show. Ipswich Central Redevelopment Committee told the hope of a CBD cinema is still alive, with details remaining confidential, and a report on milestones reached under Council's Indigenous Accord presented to the Community Culture, Arts and Sport Committee. It's Saturday, September 4, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Thank you for joining Ipswich today, Jennifer Howard. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Alan. It's been another big week in state parliament. We didn't hear much this week except COVID announcements because it is COVID, COVID, COVID. What else was before the House? We did uh, debate and finalise the Public Health and Other Legislation Amendment Bill 2021. Really, it's uh, just to provide further emergency powers for the Chief Health Officer and the Deputy Chief Health Officer. Um, So those powers, as you know, we introduced a bill last year um, at the beginning of this pandemic, and we've extended those emergency powers duties until the 30th of April 2022. So this means that they can, you know, that they can continue to manage the COVID-19 pandemic. It also includes a further extension of expiring provisions amendment, which allowed for more than one deputy CHO to provide support to the to the CHO and to the current deputy CHO, which is in line with other states in Australia. Everybody is incredibly proud of our Chief Health Officer, Dr Jeanette Young, who we know is uh, leaving the post in November. And I almost feel as though we're going to need three people to make, to fill her shoes. She's just done a well, mighty job. Well, there has been some public chatter about uh, Dr. Young hanging on a bit longer in the role and delaying her move to, uh, to, to yeah, Government House. Yeah, look, exactly. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, we, we know that we will lose her eventually, but she's just done a mighty job. Moving back to Ipswich, the SES headquarters in Thorn Street had some major upgrades to the tune of $811,000 with substantial... They did. Yes, with substantial support from the state government. We gave uh, $686,000. It was through our COVID Works for Queensland program. You may recall that we released that uh, program, which has previously only been for regional uh, parts of Queensland. We extended that to all South East Queensland councils as well. Uh, as a part of our COVID recovery. So shovel-ready projects, you know, things that were ready to go that councils could identify were um, supported uh, significantly by our government and it is uh, it is an awesome upgrade. I don't think there's, uh, you know, many heroes that are, that are admired more in our city than our SES volunteers and just to be able to give them the upgrades, you know, new, t- new toilet and shower amenities, They've got new air conditioning, IT equipment, laundry, cleaning room, and they've we, they were able to landscape some of their outdoor areas. So I think it was an incredibly worthy investment. 
I've witnessed it firsthand myself. When it's a busy period, whether it's floods, whatever, thunderstorms, that headquarters can crank up very quickly, very busy. And uh, yeah, let's again thank our volunteers, Jennifer Howard. Yes. Well, it's almost a year since the uh, Halloween hailstorm that's mostly affected Springfield and parts of Rosewood. And there's people still recovering from that. And our SES were just absolutely incredible. This week, Westmorton Health announced the doubling in capacity for the CBD vaccination clinic. That has got to be good news. It's fantastic news. Actually, I was there just this morning uh, getting my final AstraZeneca vaccine. So I'm absolutely elated to be fully vaccinated. Um, and yeah, it was it was very, very busy. The, the staff there told me that it was much busier than last week. Uh, they're expecting you know, hundreds of people to be going through every day. Certainly, if what I saw this morning was anything to go by. And so we've, we've administered over 40, oh, the public health officials have... Uh, administered over 40,000 COVID vaccines in the West Morton Health area. Wow. But there's still, well ma- ma- still many more to go. So if you're hesitating, yes. you know, personal opinion here, please don't hesitate. Get vaccinated. I've got, I've got one down, one to go myself. Yes. <laughs> it, is, it is so important, Alan. It's, it's, it's our only way out of this pandemic. The more people that get vaccinated, the sooner we can get on with our lives. You know, I've got... I've got a son living in Melbourne, you know, he's now up to his something like 215th or 16th day of lockdown. That's more than seven months of a life that's spent, you know, within four walls. So, and that's just one story. What has he been saying to you that's like the worst part of the lockdown? Just the uncertainty. Mm. It's not being able to plan anything. You know, he's a young man who's just finished his honours in fashion design. He's got opportunities coming his way uh, that he'll, you know, work really hard and prepare for, but the event will be cancelled at very short notice. Um, So, as I said, that's just one story. I know there's always, you know, uh, worse stories, but at the end of the day, you know, we all want to have this pandemic behind us and there is no other way that that will happen unless everyone gets vaccinated. Everyone who chooses to get vaccinated gets vaccinated. So it's having those vaccines available to people, um, you know, that has been an issue for us. Scott Morrison really dropped the ball, uh, as we all know. Um, But, you know, we're starting to see them flow in now, which is just fantastic news. Finally in this catch-up, East Ipswich Station. We're progressing quite quickly towards the completion of that major upgrade. Where is it at at the moment? I think we had the sod turning in September last year, and and it's 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 going according to schedule. A completion is expected, you know, within the next couple of months. So we're very happy to see that work going. I do want to give a shout out to the residents living nearby. I know, you know, there's been a lot of activity going on there, but um, hopefully, being able to see the progress that's been made and being able to see the first class quality train station we're going to have here in Ipswich uh, is, 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 is enough incentive for them to put up with it for a bit longer. Jennifer Howard, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining Ipswich today. Thanks, Alan. I caught up with Jennifer Howard on Friday, September 3.
The September round of Ipswich City Council committees were held on Thursday, September 2. If you are hanging out for any major announcements of new CBD tenancies or the name of the cinema operator, you'll be disappointed. Ipswich Central Redevelopment Committee Chairperson Councillor Marnie Doyle set the tone with this question to Senior Council Officer James Hepburn. I was wondering if you can give us an update on the cinema deal. Of course. Um, There's not a huge amount we can actually talk about due to confidentiality Mm -hmm. reasons from when we reported last month. Um, Just to perhaps build on that slightly, and we have a a number of um, cinema operators entered the expression of interest stage, um, some nearly four or five months ago now. Um, That has been taken through now to the next stage of the procurement process where we're actively looking at these operators and the types of offers that uh, they've put forwards. Um, They range certainly from um, management agreements to leases, which is what the OI had requested. And we're working quite closely with KPMG now to assess the financial viability between both those offers and the knock-on effect to the design of the current venue building um, that we uh, have a DA approval for from a number of years ago. Um, Noting that we are still in the midst of of COVID and uh, the um, enormous effects it's having on retail and and entertainment industries, are um, are we getting a better handle on perhaps where the market is sitting from a cinema point of view around Australia? Have we got any examples of of moving back to the the traditional model pre-COVID? I I think we we can call on a report we can't make public right now, but we can call on some uh, research that we've done with with a research house uh, that are looking at a significant demand for a cinema offer within Ipswich and within this region. Um, So we feel quite comfortable that the product that we produce will will have enough to to keep it... um, certainly viable and support the rest of the precinct, which is its main role as the anchor tenant. Um, I think generally speaking for the cinema industry, it's hard to tell in Australia. I think um, I've seen some green shoots only recently this morning, whereby 007 is going to be released on the 11th of November. Um, That's a worldwide release. So that really will play out in Europe and Northern America, where obviously the vaccination rates are far higher than here. It'll be very interesting to watch the numbers of cinema attendees in Queensland, um, bearing in mind that New South Wales and Victoria are obviously going to be quite constrained in that space. So it's very much a watching brief on that. But I think in a post-COVID world, we certainly feel quite comfortable that there is um, certainly a a great space for a new cinema in the city centre. There was hope elsewhere with a closed session discussing a new tenancy for the Eats building. Councillor Marnie Doyle. Now move on to item uh, number five, which is the Nicholas Street Precinct approval of an agreement for lease for Eats Tenancy T1. Noting that this matter contains commercial and confidence issues, we will be moving in uh, to closed um, sessions. So um, for the purpose of of viewers that that may um, watch this back. That is the reason why we're moving into closed session. The meeting was closed for 38 minutes to discuss this item. Community Culture, Arts and Sport Committee considered an update on Council's Indigenous Accord 2020-2025. These reports are presented to Council every six months. Mayor Teresa Harding put this comment and question to Council Officer Derek Kinchella. Um, It's great to see progress on item 1.4.1 which is the development of the War Memorial 
And I note that you've had meetings with the, the state and federal governments and, and processes and protocols and with the RSLs. Yes, you we have. Are you able to go into more detail on, um, on the location of that memorial and the reasons why? Um, well, I initially um, had plans for a, a memorial to go into Queen's Park. We met with the RSL, Ipswich RSL, and they're looking at um, putting plinths along the front of the RSL park. Um, so we sat down with them and they've agreed to say we'll include a, a plinth that will acknowledge Aboriginal Torres servicemen and women within that. So they're going to apply for funding and include that within that process. What we have met with the federal government on is a healing garden of some place in Queen's Park, but that process will happen a little bit later. So the, the initial step will be to um, work with the RSL and develop that plinth in the RSL Park yep. in Ipswich. And I think, Mr Kitchen, we had the meeting with the state government with Auntie Lorraine, I think. Lorraine Hatton from and, RSL, yep. And, uh, and NIAA also came in and yep. their advice to us was um, Indigenous veterans have fought so hard to make sure that their memorials are with other veterans. Yes. And so I'm delighted that I know it's a slight change to what we have in our accord, but it does align with what Indigenous veterans would like to see. So I'm, I'm really great. I'm grateful for the fact that our accords are flexible enough to allow that. And a lot of things have happened over a length of time. So those discussions did start a long time ago when um, that wasn't part of a, a general discussion. So it's good to see yeah, we can adapt to that. Mr Kinchella went on to detail other highlights in the report, including making council an employee of choice for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. You'll find handy links in the show notes, including council's YouTube channel and committee meeting agendas and minutes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.